You're listening to the Alternative Investor Mastermind, where we do a deep dive on alternative investment opportunities and the lifestyle it can create. Join Jack Krupe as he presents actionable tips and tricks in doing passive real estate away from mainstream strategies. Go beyond the usual fix and flips and try less explored yet rewarding investing ventures from multifamily properties, mobile homes to Bitcoin mining. Do not miss this opportunity to escape traditional assets and finally create wealth without Wall Street. Now your host, Jack. You're listening to Alternative Investor Mastermind, where we do a deep dive on alternative investment opportunities and the lifestyle it can create. Join Jack Krupe as he presents actionable tips and tricks in doing passive real estate away from mainstream strategies. Go beyond the usual fix and flips and try less explored yet rewarding investing ventures from multifamily properties, mobile homes to cryptocurrencies. Do not miss this opportunity to escape traditional assets and finally create wealth without Wall Street. Now your host, Jack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Alternative Investor Mastermind. I'm your host, Jack Krupe. And today we're going to talk about how we find and how we evaluate alternative investment opportunities. I'm going to focus more heavily on the real estate syndication space just because that's the highest volume. But I will give a few examples of you know, some other asset classes and how we came across them and you know how we made some decisions to uh, make some investment allocations. So you know the first way that we've identified deals is through existing relationships. Having been in real estate over 20 years, you know developed a pretty significant Rolodex and done business across single family, multifamily, non-performing mortgages, and uh, you know, built up quite a, a database of contacts. So there's really no substitute for time and just you know, long-term establishment of, of testing and vetting our relationship, relationships. You know, for example, four of the projects that the current JCAM fund is involved with is with a group where the key principle I've known for uh, close to 15 years and uh, also did business with him in the mortgage business. But he had been a real estate developer and operator of multifamily prior and moved into the non-performing mortgage business. Uh, we did some business there. Then as the business is adopted, we actually went back and now are following his lead into these multifamily projects. So that's a great example. And a number of examples, you know, are just people I've you know known for a long period of time or close business partners or colleagues have known for a long period of time. The second way is through mastermind groups. These are groups of like-minded professionals that you know often have uh, significant membership fees. And that leads to a pretty exclusive group of investors uh, that you know can afford to be a part of these groups and that are you know taking the business seriously and are you know uh, successful investors. So really a different level than say going to you know an airport seminar or just a weekly or uh, monthly meet group yeah you know, that has a lot more newbies coming in and certainly some experienced people but you know just the cost um, and often these are destination events the travel um, does really limit it to you know more sophisticated serious full-time investors and in those groups many of the groups we would invest with have also had other investors in the group invest with so we've got immediate vetting through current investors who've already had success uh, working with these operating partners. So mastermind groups are great. 
Industry conferences are great as well. Um, there's a number of conferences we attend every year, and uh, often there's 500 to 1,000 attendees, and it's a combination of expert speakers, sponsors, and um, both deal sponsors that just walk around the venue, and actual those that are you know getting booths to have you know a direct place to advertise their their track record and their services as well as a lot of uh, limited partners and just passive investors go to these conferences as well to look for opportunities and to meet with the, you know, many of the sponsors they already invest with. So those are three ways that we generally came across our partners and majority of the deal flow we've invested with on the real estate side. Um, on um, some other alternatives, you know, being based here in Puerto Rico, it's a mastermind of its own to some extent. There's uh, thousands of us who've moved in the last few years, and uh, many of us have you know interesting and niche business opportunities. So, one of the uh, areas that I'm likely to do a separate standalone show on in the future is actually uh, syndicating convertible loans to public companies or companies that are pre-IPO going public. This is generally done through a convertible note, and we actually convert our investment at a discount to the IPO price. So we're out at the IPO regardless of what the price is, and uh, generally a 30% plus discount to the IPO price. And on top of that, we get warrants. So for the next three years, we have the ability to exercise the warrant for uh, additional profits on these deals. So the overall returns have been tremendous. And, you know, it's a real, you know, really interesting small niche that, you know, I've only found because of just being in a community of, uh, of interesting and successful investors. So I want to talk a bit about vetting. Vetting multifamily deals, there's a lot that goes into it. You can get super, super complicated, but there are really a few key components that we tend to on, on any individual multifamily deal. We want to look at what is the cash on cash return? What is the loan to value? What is the going in cap rate, the entry cap rate? And what is the value add strategy? The, the really key component, especially in an area, in an era where cap rates are historically low. You know, sub 5% in many cases, in some cases, even sub 4% in very, very hot markets. The key to the overall strategy is can you increase rents? Can you renovate apartments and reset rents to a four to $500 or more higher amount? And or are the current rents truly below market where on renewal, you'll be able to increase rents uh, without renovation? And what is, what is that number? If those numbers are right, that is probably the most important part of the deal because those are the numbers that you you can control. And if you get those numbers right, you're part of the way there. Other things we take into consideration are, you know, what are the current interest rates? What are the interest rates likely to be in a few years? You know, that we never know, but there's an ability to build in a sensitivity analysis and look at what does the deal look like in three years at a four, four and a half percent rate or a five or a six percent rate. And uh, what does that do to the cash flow? What does that do to the ultimate value of the building? And we do the same thing on the cap rate on a sale. And uh, that number, where you set that number, affects what appreciation and value of the building will be, along with what value did you raise the rents to? How much did you increase the net operating income? 
So, you know, those are key components. Uh, currently, given some of the market conditions, we've actually been looking at deals that uh, have slightly lower leverage. And uh, because of the lower leverage, uh, in some cases, there's a slightly higher initial cash on cash return, which we like. However, the overall return, the overall IRR on a percentage basis may be slightly lower just because we're using less leverage and we're, we're just being more conservative with our numbers. So we have to put more equity into the deal. So there's potentially a slightly lower IRR, or, you know, which loosely matches an annual return, average annual return. But you know, the IRR is just much more detailed and you have to run it in Excel uh, versus just sort of looking at a cash on cash or looking at your total dollars, dividing it by the amount of years. So, um, you know, where we are in the market right now, who knows where things go long-term. I don't foresee a, a 1980s style interest rate rise over into the double digits, but, you know, I, I do think for the next year, we may see continued rising rates and, you know, we're coming into an election cycle as well. So who knows what happens overall? I do think rates will be higher than they were over the last year or two, but, you know, my, my gut is they'll stabilize in or around where they are right now. Uh, if there is a, a hiccup or, you know, another economic type issue, you know, the Fed would likely lower rates again the next time there's a real, real uh, emergency or catastrophe. So the moment there's real issues, there'll probably be another stimulus or another, another lowering of rates or the Fed buying bonds again. So um, I think the government's proven over and over again that they will step in and pump money into the system, you know, if and when, if and when they need it. So you know, we're cautiously optimistic about the economy. And, uh, you know, the, I've said this uh, a number of times, but uh, we really, really agree with the dollar cost averaging principle. And that's uh, part of my overall investment philosophy is to be diversified across multiple assets and multiple markets with multiple sponsors. And, you know, if rates continue to go up and or values even in some cases, uh, you know, pull back a little bit, we're going to be continuing to invest into deals and uh, we'll, we'll invest on the way down as we invested on the way up. And over the course of, you know, three to five to 10 years, you know, as long as each individual buy we make is well thought out with a strong value add plan, I think we're going to do just fine. And I think any investor who follows that path should do just fine. As far as asset classes, uh, multifamily to me is still solid and, you know, the best, if not one of the best asset classes. Self-storage is still tons of opportunity there. Self-storage and mobile home parks have, have you know, pretty significant price increases over the last five or 10 years, but probably not as aggressively as multifamily. Some of that has to do with the financing with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and a number of the non-bank lenders like Arbor and ReadyCap. The financing for multifamily was extremely aggressive, probably the most aggressive. Mobile home and storage still had more traditional financing, slightly lower loan to values. So I, I, we hadn't seen the same level of run-up in prices on those asset classes in general. And you know, there's still a substantial housing shortage. So as far as focusing on new construction, whether it's ground-up multifamily, ground-up build-to-rent, ground-up industrial, um, uh, you know, personally involved in a ground-up industrial deal, and the JCAM fund is involved uh, we made an allocation to a light industrial, newer construction building in Lakeland, Florida. Real interesting value add situation. It was new construction 
and the builder sold it with only one tenant in place that has about 60% of the, the square footage. So uh, they sold it at a pretty reasonable discount because uh, we need to wait probably three months to a year to lease up the other uh, the other part of the space. And at that point, the building will cash flow extremely well. And uh, you know, we'll capture the discount that we received on acquisition. And once it's leased and stabilized, it'll be you know a great cash. So we were pretty well compensated for probably taking you know six months of, of risk on on leasing up the property. And uh, we're also a uh, fund. Uh, our first fund is in a ground up senior living uh, community in uh, Iowa that we like a lot. Returns are expected to be close to thirty percent IRR in that deal. So. As with construction, you're trading off no current cash flow for pretty large upside on the back end. And risk-wise, although there's no cash flow, if you're confident that there's a you know a reputable builder and the uh, sponsors you're working with uh, you know have all the funding in place, which is typically required, if there's a bank with a construction loan in place, typically all the equity for whatever the twenty or thirty percent you know of equity for the construction loan is typically upfront whether the land was already purchased cash and has contributed or all of the rest of the money needed for the equity portion of capital has to be raised and in the bank so that the bank will then fund the entire construction loan process. So feel pretty good about those deals. And I and, uh, think, you know, as long as uh, price of materials pencils out and uh, yeah, the project can be built uh, for a price that's still a discount to the, the final market value, I think, you know, new construction will continue to be a strong asset class. So um, that's it for today. I encourage you all to uh, subscribe and uh, leave a review. Please also check out our uh, YouTube channel for those who uh, like to watch video. And uh, this is an audio-only version, but many of our podcasts are uh, also video. And... Um, Subscribe. Uh, those who want to follow along with what our fund is doing, subscribe at jcaminvestments.com. Uh, uh, we have a mailing list for new users, and we also uh, do uh, put out some uh, one of our active opportunities to invest alongside us in deals for those that are interested. So thanks again. and look forward to doing the next, uh, having you uh, on the next show. That's all for thanks this everyone. episode of Alternative Investor Mastermind. Now that you know the many alternative opportunities out there all up for the taking, you can finally become ultra-connected and ultra-wealthy. Get more valuable advice from the experts by subscribing to the show at alternativeinvestormastermind.com. Become a winner in the world of passive investing today in alternative investment strategies. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.